what is happening, man? Sometimes I feel like the resident DJ on this thing just drops after drops after drops, man. But, <laughs> but you know what it is. Today is Wednesday. We also call it Hump Day, where you're from. So we are coming to you live with the finale of the From the Sidelines Chronicles. I mean, we're closing it out with Chapter 7. I didn't say 7. I said 7. Chapter seven. 7. With the man you see down there, he going to take a seat today and just chill out. Of course, I got the big homie Moolidge over here off to my side, and we're going to be interviewing that man, DJ Micah B., the man, the myth, the mysterious legend. What's going on, man? Man, I'm ready to go. I, I don't know what y'all going to ask me, but hey, I'm an open book. Let's get it. Moo, appreciate you sitting in on this one, bro. Oh, you know it. Anytime. Anytime. You always know I'm ready. How's it feel to be on the other side? For one time, it, it, it feels kind of interesting. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've I've, uh, I've rarely been the 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 interviewer, uh. So this uh, this should be fun. It's okay. When in doubt, you know what I'm saying. You got like I said, the future Emmy winning, award winning interviewer right here. Don't worry, I got you covered. This we you know it's what I like to do best. But so DJ Michael B, how I feel to be on the other side of that camera, man? <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm excited because I've never been interviewed before, other than for a job, and I always get the job. So I guess. I'm very compelling. All right, well, the job is simple tonight. Keep yeah. it compelling. Keep it compelling. <laughs> so let's keep it simple. Let's start with the with the easiest question that we're gonna have all night, and tell everybody, you know, where you from, your upbringing. Let's talk about let's talk about you a little bit. All right. Um, for those of you that don't know my government name, my name is Michael Bacchus. That's where you get DJ Michael B from. It's literally my government uh, first name with the last initial. Uh. I grew up here in Baytown, Texas, right here in McNair. That's the community I'm from. I've lived here my whole life, born in Houston. But, I mean, from day one, I was back here. So I'm uh, born and raised right here in Baytown. This is my hometown. If you know me, you know I'm always out and about in my city. I'm always trying to do things in my city. So that's just a little background about me. So we know, we, we know, we know you're from Baytown, but you also have a second affiliation. All right. So for those of you that don't know, my parents are from the Caribbean. I have a Caribbean background. My mother is from Trinidad. My dad is from St. Vincent. And before y'all ask if I have an accent, I do. And they know I do. I just don't. One hundred percent. I just don't. some some words I say, you're going to hear it come out and you're going to be like, oh, he does. But yeah, I have a Caribbean background. I love my Caribbean heritage. Uh, I love my Caribbean cuisine just as much as I love America. So there we go. You heard it. I love it. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. How does how does the Caribbean background and being growing up from or growing up in a place like Texas, how did how do those two those two cultures kind of mix? It's crazy that you ask that because growing up, it was kind of one of the things where it's like I'm not black enough for the black Americans and I'm not Caribbean enough for the people from the Caribbean. But somehow, some way. I fit in anyway. I think a lot of it became more popular as the music became more popular from the Caribbean with reggae and dancehall taking over. So it became more acceptable. And I started meeting a lot of Caribbean Americans, is what I would call them, as well, who are born in America, parents are from the Caribbean. And that's that's how I kind of found my footing. And I also had my cousin. We're only five days apart. We went to school together. That was also my uh safety blanket so i mean it's kind of like how how black americans coexist with mexicans we love tex-mex 
percent. I mean, there, there's there's no name for Caribbean American cuisine together, but hey, one day I might eat roti, the next day I might eat fried chicken wings. I mean, you, 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 hey, no, no, no matter where I am with either, I'm an Afro. <laughs> I'm either Afro American black or Afro Caribbean. So. So with the um with with the we're gonna speak on a little bit more on the Afro Caribbean side of the game. Um did you did you have any struggles growing up? Struggles as it pertains to fitting in or from fitting in or just even being Caribbean in, in Texas, in America, just like you know, like or even just when you when there anytime you as a child or as an adult would go visit, you know, your Caribbean family, would was there any kind of pushback like, oh, you know, you don't you don't sound like us no more. You know, it's like kind of like leaving the hood and coming back when you don't sound like you're from the hood yeah, no more, true. you know, because you don't win and got a little more educated. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So young, when I was young, I had a real strong accent. Uh, I had a deep, deep Caribbean accent because all I, even though I grew up in America, I grew up around nothing but people from the Caribbean. So I had a very deep Caribbean accent. And when I was seven, I went to the Caribbean. I came back with an even stronger accent than I had before. So people used to laugh and and make jokes about it and stuff like that, especially like uh, if I go to school and I bring food that my grandma made and people be like, what the heck is that? Like, I know y'all know what corned beef is, but we literally sit there and eat corned beef and rice. And people be like, fire. Hey, corned beef and rice. It is fire. I'm happy somebody knows. Oh, no, that's 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 the move. We have this drink in the Caribbean called Moby. And what Moby is, is a, it's a bark, a tree bark that you boil and it's very bitter until you sweeten it, add water, and thin out the bitterness. And a lot of people were like, let me try that, let me try it, because it looked like apple juice. And people were trying to be like, how do you drink that? That shit's nasty. And Well, we used to get clowned for anything that had to do with the Caribbean until we got older. And then people was like, oh, I like jerk chicken. I like roti. And now all of a sudden, I like uh, oxtails, because you know a lot of us didn't eat oxtails when we were younger. But man, if you have some Caribbean oxtails, bro, I don't even hey, really like Man, hey man, Caribbean oxtails is, is I mean, I love I love I love soul food oxtails too, but Caribbean oxtails is a they hit different. Gonna call it, we're gonna call it a cuisine. Let's call it a cuisine. They, they hit different for sure. And then you know, this past time when I went to I went to Trinidad uh in 2019, and I, I got to see my family for the first time in like 11 years, and they were making all, all the traditional Caribbean foods and stuff, and I was like, okay, bro. I love Caribbean food, but I need something else. Y'all got to give me something. And they were like, well, what you going to what, what you gonna cook? And I was like, to hell with it. I'm going to make a burger. Y'all want American cheeseburgers? What y'all want? <laughs> so it was like, yeah. I hey. knew it was going to be a burger. Oh, my gosh. I, it's, I like mean, the, it's like the American staple, man. A good old-fashioned cheeseburger is hard to beat, man. I'm, I'm trying mean, to tell you. So. You can't beat it. That's, that's right. I have no arguments there. Because and then they, if it's they from make, Texas, you know, you got to put bacon on it. So, you know. Yeah. They, they they make burgers, but they make like a Hawaiian burger where it got the uh, roasted pineapple, the grilled pineapple and stuff on it. I need it. Oh, I need it. Oh, it's so good. It. We we got it from we got it from the corner on a rolling cart. Uh, but oh, yes, yeah. that's how you know it was gas too. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm I made some American I made some American burgers for my family. They were like, not bad, not bad. And I was like, yeah, I, even though I'm American, I'm still from the, I know how to use seasonings, but I'm still black. <laughs> I'm still black. It is not salt and pepper over here. Well, see, your, look, your Caribbean family ain't gonna know what to do. Let me cook for them one time. Boy, hey, let me drop some steaks in their life one time. I already told them. Look, I, I have changed to everybody. Together, I, I, I changed every. So look, so 
it's funny. We we gonna since we're talking about steak, this is a perfect time for this particular story. So, in our relationship, this man Micah would never touch any kind of meat if it wasn't well done. That was not happening. Like he was one of the few people who's like, nah, that that shit ain't it. Like, and then so I'm gonna let him tell the story of how how he got broken from that. All right, so <laughs> I think it was Ace. Was it Ace that had the party? Yeah. I, I, so we were by my homeboy Ace. Shout out LXG. You know, hold up, God damn it. Y'all know what time it is. Uh, so Ace had this party, and Jeremy was grilling fajitas. And Jeremy was like, man, I'm going to make these things medium. And I was like, the hell you mean you're making a medium? We ain't no meat, nothing medium, bro. It's well done over here. And he was like, you can't knock it till you try. I said, bullshit, that cow's still moving, my dog. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... For those of you that don't know, he can cook, man. This dude can really he can, he can really throw down. It don't matter what it is. He can really he can really throw down, which makes him a perfect pair for his wife because his wife can cook too. Uh, so he was like, "Man, just try it." And I was like, "Bro, I can still see the pink." And you know, when when you just don't know, you just don't know. I was like, "Bro, there's still blood there." Obviously, now being older and understanding how uh beef and stuff is that doesn't necessarily mean there's it, it not even it doesn't mean there's blood there you know there's a chemical that caught anyway i'm not gonna get into the what's the word i'm looking for here the the, the science the animal science I, I, right i ain't getting into the science of it but i was just like all right cool and man i've been into that i said oh never again will i ever have fajita look i will still get a burger well done but you see steaks fajitas hey bruh that that thing gotta be it gotta be medium it it gotta be medium. See, look, all I was trying to do was get him to just go from well done to like you know like like medium well. You know what I'm saying? A, a step up, a step up, a step up. But he went you know two steps because I'm a I'm a medium rare kind of guy. That's that's my that's my Texas staple. I'm a medium rare kind of guy. Obviously, with fajitas, you don't make those medium rare, but you make them you know medium to medium wellish, depending on yep. what kind of depending on the kind of grill you're using. There's look, there's I we ain't gonna get into the to the. The, the, the logistics science behind that. That's the word I was looking for. I, I, I like, I at home, I use a Blackstone quite a bit now. That is one of my favorite things to use now since my wife bought it for me a couple years ago for my birthday. There and you I was go. Like, yeah. You and that damn griddle. Hey, you already know what the very first thing I did was when I got it. Straight hibachi, baby. <laughs> yeah, whip it up, man. We love it. I, we absolutely love it. In the kitchen, so, we're twisting like a stir fry. Hey. So, Something that I actually I've never actually asked this question before, so I'm actually very curious to this. When and where did you discover that being a DJ was going to be you? I knew this question was going to come up because I don't think you've ever heard this story. So after I graduated high school, I went to Lamar, and you know Josh, big homie. Mm-hmm. If y'all have listened to the show in the past, big homie has been on with the. The scents and the uh, colognes and things. So that is if you Mr. haven't cologne connoisseur, if, if you haven't go back and check the Spotify and listen to the old episodes with uh, Big Homie Josh and uh, also author of Big Homie Wisdom. I got to put on for my team, man. You already know. So Big Homie Wisdom one and two. So we went to Lamar. Uh, he played a big part of me going to Lamar because me and Josh were real close in high school. We went to a party one night, and in this party, I saw the DJ. I was like. What is he using? So I go back there and I see his virtual DJ and I was like, man, 
You're supposed to use CDs. You're supposed to, you know, when, when you're stuck in the mind frame you are, you, when you're used to doing something one way, you see. So I had never really DJ, but I've, my uncle and all of them DJ. I hadn't, I hadn't played around with DJing since I was like five, six years old before my uncle moved away and uh, moved to St. Croix. So we go to this party. The party was packed, bro, like dumb packed. I'm talking about wall-to-wall hotel room. They let us in without IDing us because they knew Josh and it was a fraternity party. They thought Josh was going to pledge. He ended up not pledging regardless, but they liked him. So they let us in without X in our hands, and we're in here. We're drinking Omega oil and stuff, and the, as the party's going, this – I can't remember the DJ name, and I'm happy I don't because I would have said it, but this DJ was absolutely garbage. I'm talking about to the point where people were leaving the party by 1230 and the party was going until three o'clock in the morning. Oh, oh shit. No. Oh, no. So, so to, to, to make the long story short about how this happened, we go back to Lamar after and me and Josh are sitting there and we're just thinking and Josh was like, man, I got to ask you a question, Mike. If you were the DJ, what you would have played? And I was like, Man, just going off of how fast music is in the tempo, I would have played this, followed by this, followed by this, followed by this. And he was like, man, you ever thought about becoming a DJ? And I was like, no. Why the hell would I do that? I sing. I rap. I write poetry. I don't want to be no damn DJ. And he was like, I said, I want to I want to produce music. You know. So fast forward, I leave Lamar, and I come back to Baytown, and one of my cousins was like, Man, you ever thought about DJing? Because your uncle used to DJ, and you understand music very well. So at, by that point, I was open to it. I was like, well, Josh said the same thing. Let me at least download this virtual DJ thing and try it. And I opened virtual DJ. I look around. I didn't even read instructions. I looked around. I was like, I know exactly what everything on here does. And it was in that moment. I didn't even have to look at it. For, it was in that moment. I just knew. I was like, I'm meant to be a DJ. And I just I downloaded music, and right on the spot, I started mixing. No flaws, no headphones, mixing straight in without missing the beat. And then my cousin came over and was like, bro, you raw as hell. You should pick this up. And then I picked it up. Then I picked it up full time. So that's a, Josh played a big role in me becoming a DJ. And then when he came back from Lamar, he was like, oh, you DJ DJ now. I'm like, yeah, man, appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that is how one half of the dynamic duo became the dynamic duo. Because we'll touch on that later. <laughs> We'll definitely touch on that later. There's a there's a lot there's a hell of a lot of stories to go with with the with the two of us and then then some. But this interview yeah. is about you. So what you got for him, Mo? Well, um, we 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 talk about music a lot, and I, I I hear your love for for DJ, and I hear you got into it, and it always draws back to music. What what brings you into music? Like what 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 connects you to music? Uh, what connected me to music as far back as I got. I'm a 90s baby, so I mean the first the first thing I remember hearing in hip hop was the show. Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. That was the first thing and I remember hearing it just like damn. All right. But that that's legitimately like the first thing I remember hearing in my memory. But as I got older, I became a singer. I was I was naturally talented at singing. So singing is what really brought me to music and I dove deep into RB because growing up, my mom did not listen to a lot of rap music. She listens to a lot of R&B and gospel. Hence why, if you hear me sing, I have such a gospel voice. I don't have an R&B voice. And then what really drove me deeper into music is when I took choir. 
in junior high and elementary. And speaking of that, what was our uh, quiet teacher name in summer camp at J.D. Walker? Oh, man. Why well, I can't remember it right now. Uh, Miss Napoleon. Miss Napoleon. Yeah. Miss Napoleon was my summer camp teacher. Uh, GQ knows this very well because we were in the choir together. And this is how we met each other as well at summer camp. He had he he got the solo. I didn't. Um, but that we had not, Miss Nap- that was not by design. First of all, that <laughs> no, was it wasn't just- by design. It, 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 it wasn't like a competition or anything. So, but so what happened was, Mister C, which was our elementary music teacher, he was like, "I think you're. I think you could be a good singer." Then Miss Napoleon, she brought me more into the R and B side. And when I got to junior high and I was in choir, that pushed it even more. Choir, like if. I can sing R&B, I can sing gospel, but he will be the first, GQ will be the first one to tell you, in, in choir and choral music where I'm actually trained, oh man, I am a monster. That really opened my world to music because now I'm learning about choral music, I'm learning symphonies, I'm learning different songs that bands play because what they're playing in band, we're singing the, we're singing the actual music in choir, so yep. that really opened my palate. So like, that's what really wanted to make me produce at first because I was like, man, I know too much to not produce. But then I didn't have the patience to produce. But what really brings me into music was really going, uh, uh, being in the choir young, especially at church. So that's what connects me. Like I mean, I dance too. You know what I'm saying? So I like it. I like it. I like it because I'm a dancer too, and I love music. Um, and just being from somebody who's also from a music background, it's 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 dope to hear the stories, right? Like it's dope to hear how people were connected to music and why they love, why they do, or why they love doing what they do. Um, yep. But <clears throat> um, I had another question, but I totally spaced on it because I, lo- I just loved I love that story. So uh, go ahead, GQ. And then I'm gonna think like, I'm, it's gonna come right back. What What is the What is the song that is nearest and dearest to your heart? Like no matter no matter how old you get, you can always go back to this one song. Oh, I would I would say. I got different genres. Like, I got a song in every genre. So what would be the first song I turn to would probably be, ooh, it'll be a gospel song. It's probably going to be More Than I Can Bear by Kirk Franklin. Because I praise dance when I was young before I started miming. A lot of y'all don't know I mime in church as well. I pantomime instead of praise dancing now. But More Than I Can Bear was a song that got me through some tough, tough times in junior high and high school, especially uh, when my grandmother died. That was a song I listened to all the time to get me through. So more than I can bear is the song I turn to. All right. So my question, right, since we, we were on this music tip, right, <clears throat> you're in high school. It's Friday night around like right. 730, 8 o'clock, maybe 830. You're getting ready to go out. What song are you putting on? To turn yourself up, man. What song are we having before we leave the crib to get the juices pumping, get the juices flowing? You didn't call it the guys. You didn't hit the little Joan on the side like, hey, I'm probably going to slide through later. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what's, what's putting you in the mode to be outside, man? You, y'all, y'all might laugh at this because it's such a mellow song. But this is how I felt every time I was about to step out in high school. Ain't nobody dope as me. I dress so fresh, so clean. The fresh is so clean. Yes, clean. sir. <laughs> that was the one. Also, when, when 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 we got when we got later on in the high school, 
if I wanted to put on a song to, to get me hyped to go out, it was Wipe Me Down. But th those were the two. Yeah, see? Yeah, see, that, that's the reason why you asked this question, <laughs> man, because everybody has that song. Everybody has 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 that thing to where they do, or they just get ready to go out and, you know, have a good time, and they have no worries. So it's it's important to know these things, man, because, like, you have you have I feel like you have songs for everything. Right. So, like, if I was to ask you. It's a Sunday afternoon, you chilling, probably on the porch, you got a book or something. What song are you playing? Hmm. Summer afternoon on the porch. I can, I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of this song. This song just slipped my mind. Oh my goodness! Why can't I think of the name? I think it's summer. It's oh my goodness! Hold on, I got you. I and any other time I could just pull it straight up. Oh, summer madness! Cooling the gang. Oh, that's it. There you go. I like no, it. No words. No words. Just straight instrumental. Summer just straight madness. instrumental. Yeah, I like yep. it. I like it. That's what. That's probably one of the most goaded instrumentals ever. Definitely. Definitely. It's 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 a straight vibe. You're just chilling. You're kind of just feeling it. And yeah, it's just it's just nice and kind of relaxing. Nice, nice little, nice little solid tempo where you can just kind of ride the vibe. To. I, I actually had that one on vinyl until the hurricane came and messed up my house and it got wow. damaged. I had that one on vinyl from my uncle gave it to me and I had it on vinyl and it got messed up in her. Man, I was so hot. I was like, you could have messed up. You could have messed up the PlayStation 2. You could have messed up the X. You could have messed up anything. You decide to mess up the vinyl record. The, the roof collapsed right on top of the vinyl record player. Boy, I was so hot. Oh, wow. Goodness gracious. What luck is that? That's crazy. So something you something you hit on um, before the last question, I was, I was kind of hanging on to it a little bit. Um, you talked about your grandmother. Mm -hmm. So just off the sound of it alone, it just sounds like your grandmother was an extremely important part of your life. Oh, yeah. Most so definitely. Can you, can, can you can you speak on that? Her influence in your life and and how it relates even to now. You know the lessons you may even still keep up to this day. Yeah, I mean, so we lived with my grandmother in Kings Colony, Macnet, whichever one you want to call it. For those of you out there, I know Kings Colony and Macnet is separated by the railroad tracks, but literally, it's a two minute. Literally, walk. the train tracks. <laughs> yeah, like it's a two minute walk. So. My grandma was very influential in my life because my mom was working. My dad was working. I grew up with my grandmother. Like, my grandmother and my mom would get me dressed to school. I'd go to school. My mom would still be at work. My dad would still be at work. I'd come home. I'd chill with my grandmother. My grandmother literally, we're going, we're going to touch on this later, she literally got me into basketball because she was such a, Rock, a big Rockets and Spurs fan, still a Rockets and Spurs fan to this day. But she also got me into wrestling. Because she's a big WWE fan or WWF back then. So I would literally come home from school. And this is when you're, you could find your favorite sports team. You'll know this on UPN. UPN. <laughs> UPN, baby. UPN 20, baby. UPN uh -huh. 20. UPN 20 out here in Texas. So I'd literally come home from school ever since I was in Head Start. i come home from school. Uh, my grandma would have already cooked. She, she'd take the food out, give it to me, feed me, whatever. And then right around 5.36 o'clock, or six, yeah, right, right around 5.36 o'clock, somewhere in there, Wheel of Fortune would come out. We watch Wheel of Fortune. And then either the Astros is on, the Rockets is on. The Texans weren't around until the later 2000s. But we'd sit down there and we'd literally just watch the game together. And then as she got older, 
I still I kept on doing it. That was just like our thing. And then she had the stroke, and then after she had the stroke, I'd come home from school, I'd cook, I'd feed her, and then after I'd done cooking feed, I might go outside for about 35, 40 minutes, come back in, turn on basketball, football, or the Astros game. So like like uh my grandma was also the first person to get me drunk. So <laughs> and that was that was at a, a age of seven. So uh she she also one year I had a party. Uh, a little birthday. It wasn't a party. It was like more of a get together. It was only like six people. They came to the house and we were eating cake and ice cream after they didn't sing happy birthday. And my grandma threw alcohol in everybody's ice cream. Um, hey, yeah, alcoholic root beer floats and shit. Grimms is a G. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, she's also very influential into getting me into music too because the the music in the Caribbean, they're Christian. But the music is different inside the church. It's, it's, it's they're Baptist, but it's spiritual Baptist. So it's a little bit different than here. We don't sing a lot of traditional songs that you hear here, here, here in America. But we have a lot of traditional songs from the Caribbean too. Uh, so if you ever listen to Donnie McClurkin's Caribbean Melody, you, Medley, you hear a lot of it. But um, I can't think of the name of the, the drum. I know is the the type of music called Junkanoo. The one drum that you keep in between your legs and you play, that's very big. The Moroccans are very big. So I've always been, it's like, it's alive, bro. They get down inside that church. I'm tambourine and everything. And it goes down. So that that also played a role in me getting into music and DJing as well. So, yeah, my grandma, growing up, I could literally say my grandma was my best friend. The same way you are with, with your great-grandma. You know, so my grandma was literally my best friend. Uh, I spent more time with her than probably anybody ever. Even like even if I was to count the hours I spent with people a day, it still probably ain't close. That's dope. That's dope. I really like that because it's the really the same for me and my grams. Um, now I want to ask, how does how does sports like essentially like bring you guys together, bro? Like. Like how did how did she know that sports was sport was something that you were gonna gravitate to and that was something that you guys were gonna essentially be able to connect on for years and years and years to come? Because music, you know, music is different, right? Music is one thing, and you know, like like family traditions, culture is another is another thing. But sports is it's kind of here to miss, and I feel like it kind of it's kind of different or it kind of hits different because it's coming from your grams, right? Like you expect it from your mom, uncle, maybe you film your dad, but coming from your grams, it's like hold on. You got going on over here, Grams. What's up? So, uh, my grandma was a big Rockets fanatic, and she she loved the Spurs as well. She was a big Rockets fanatic. She grew up. I mean, she was born in 1923, so of course they didn't they weren't playing baseball and stuff whenever she was born. But when she came over to America, she started. I mean, they knew what basketball and stuff was, but they the biggest sport over there was was soccer as they say in america or football football right so Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't know i've never really i never really asked her if she was really into soccer like that because what soccer was what connected me and my dad more and soccer was my first sport and a lot of people don't know that a lot of people assume like basketball or football was my first sport soccer was my first sport that was like that's still my favorite sport out there in the world like nothing comes close to soccer for me but She was watching, I think, the Rockets winning the championships back-to-back. Because even though I was three and four, I vividly remember that. Like, she was at the parade and everything for both of them. 
here in Houston. And she brought me back a shirt. Uh, she came back with a with a hat. She came back with some kind of paraphernalia, like the little uh the pennant, the, the pennant flag. She mm-hmm. came back with one of those from the parade. Like, so her favorite player was Hakeem, and her favorite two players were Hakeem and Clyde. And she loved uh Mad Max, Vernon Maxwell. Vernon Maxwell, so, yes, sir. She she loved him. So that's I saw her love for it and I was like, okay, because I never you really used to watch basketball when I was when I was young. Like I played with friends and stuff, but I never took it any kind of serious. So I started watching and then I started watching baseball and then we would talk about it. And that's what really got me into talking a lot about sports. I was talking about it with my grandma. Hearing her cuss out the TV because the Rockets drafted Kelvin Cato and Kelvin Cato wasn't doing shit on the team. Uh them drafting Steve Francis and me, me and her was a big fan of Steve Francis, Stevie Franchise, Katino Mobley, Maurice Taylor, Kelvin Cato, uh, Bob Sura, like that. Oh, that team, yeah, Matt Maloney. Like I, I know, I know the generations of Rockets. So that talking to her about basketball is what really got me. And same thing with WWE. She was a big Hulk Hogan fan and uh, Sergeant Slaughter fan. And, you know, obviously, when we were young, Sergeant Slaughter was on his way out. Hulk Hogan was still kind of in it. Not even kind of. Hulk Hogan was in his prime wrestling-wise, not in the prime of his athletic yeah. ability. No, Thankfully, that, man so. was, that man was down to five moves at that time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're watching. We're, we're watching. And we used to watch the Monday Night Wars together, and then there was this guy who was, like, the biggest – movie star in the world now and his name was Dwayne Johnson and we really loved Dwayne Johnson even when he was healed and man the attitude era is yeah <laughs> yeah it's like that so that's that's how me and my grandma really we really connected over that like big time like we really connected in WWE and hey, sports that's dope um, to speak about that soccer thing Right, because I got another question for you, but I'm gonna double. I want. I'm, I'm gonna double back. But speaking on okay. that soccer thing, yes, what draws you to I'm soccer ready. more than, I guess, playing the traditional football, basketball, even baseball to a certain extent, right? Because I know that even, even in your your native country, that you know, soccer's big, right? But growing up in the Americas, growing up in in in, in, a, in an environment like Texas, where football is literally life, right? It is. So. Like how does how does how does growing up in that environment, but still being true, still still gravitating toward to, toward a sport like soccer? Like, by the way, the most popular sport in the world, and it's not even close. I'm not gonna lie to you, soccer was a sport I was good at. <laughs> um, but I mean, so that that that's part of it. But the other part of it was my dad is not into any other sport besides soccer because he didn't play any other sport besides soccer. So whenever he would take me to the park, we weren't playing basketball. We weren't playing football. We weren't throwing the football around. We weren't playing catch with the baseball or he's pitching the ball and swinging. We literally kicked the ball around. So that that's how. And then, I mean, my dad is, listen, my dad is cold as soccer, bro. I mean, even, even now he's 50, 58 or he's going to be 58 uh, in September. He's raw as shit as soccer. Like, He's 58, 59 now, and I'm still nowhere near him on his worst day. This oh, dude is your ass like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's he he he's like <laughs> yeah. Now he 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 can't hold me on the basketball court. 
But in that sense, I can't hold him on a soccer field. He does me worse than soccer than I could ever do him in basketball. Uh, he he played forward. He, he played forward when he was younger, and he played just about every single day with his brothers and cousins and his sisters as he was growing up. And he's pops is legit, bro. <laughs> like legit. He played. He had a friend that actually made the same Vincent national team when they were trying to qualify for the Olympics. He had a friend make it, and he he didn't make it. His friend his friend made it over him for the last spot, which he had no. Ill will for you know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's just the you homies know, for sure. Yeah, you beat me out, so whatever. But man, my dad, my dad's so cold at soccer, bro. It's it's crazy. I, I watch him juggle the ball, and I'm just like, yo, this is this is insane. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't be able to do that kind of stuff with a with your feet with a ball, bro. It makes no. I mean, he kicks it up, he catches it, throws it over his head, bicycle kicking into the like. He's like, for for at 58. He's still more in shape than I have ever been in my lifetime. And I played soccer as a kid, bro. So, yeah, that, so- soccer was the, was the first sport I ever played. So that's why I have such a deep love for it. Uh, it's still my favorite. It's still my favorite sport to play. Me and one of my, my homeboys, uh, Michael, we'll go out to the soccer complex here every now and then. We'll just go out and kick the ball around and pass it back and forth and do some juggling. And, I mean, I'm not that good anymore. I hurt my ankle, so I had to give up. I had to give up soccer, and I had to start picking up basketball. But I picked up basketball too late, so I was I was very far behind when I finally decided to pick up basketball. I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, I'm gonna go back to your dad, but like I said, I wanted to double back on this question. Your grams got you drunk for the first time. Yeah. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and dive a little bit into that story. Real quick. <laughs> we about to get a whole deep dive into this drunk story at seven years old. We ain't gonna even talk about the the amount of quote unquote crimes that was in, taking place in this story. Yeah, oh. that's why that's why this show is not for kids, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for that reason. So it was. I want to say it was. Oh, bless you, whoever just sneezed. Okay, uh, so we. I, I, I want to say it was my grandma's birthday um, in March, March 14th. I know it was uh, 98 because I was seven and I went to Trinidad that year. So, so it was 98. And she had just came back from Trinidad. So when she came back from Trinidad, she bought two bottles of uh, alcohol, cherry brandy. Cherry brandy from Trinidad. I, uh, I can't remember the name of the company. The company no longer exists that she brought it back from. So Oh, that was that good year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was her birthday. And mind you, I tell y'all she got me drunk. Let me let me preface this by saying everybody in the damn house was drunk. Even my three-year-old brother. Because she she threw something in his bottle. So, so all I remember is like I remember everything, but you know, I, I remember it was like, all right, let's 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 take a shot. And they were like, all right, and it no, nobody was going anywhere that day, obviously, because of my grandma's birthday and we were celebrating. So we it's probably about one o'clock in the afternoon. We pour up. We take a shot. I'm not supposed to be taking a whole shot, but they pouring a little tip. And when they turn their back, I'm pouring a whole shot in my glass and I'm taking it because the story goes as when me and Denzel, which is my cousin that I'm only five days apart of, we were sneaking to his dad liquor cabinet as kids, pour shots. Drink it and fill that motherfucker back up with water. So, so the alcohol is just out, and I'm like, all right, man. And if you see me drink now, 
GQ knows if you see me drink now, everybody will take a shot. I take a shot. When everybody turn it back, I pull another one and take another one real quick. <laughs> he always oh, catches me. Oh, we 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 know. <laughs> so either you or Ace. Yeah, yeah, but I ain't Ace. Ace can't hold his liquor. Speaking so, speaking of John. Oh snap, John, what's good, bro? <laughs> That's my cousin hey. right there, y'all. No happened, John? Yes, we got cousin in the building. How we doing, hey. man? He's another one that my grandma got drunk too. He he loves my grandma. My grandma loved him. So, oh, so he can attest to this story, man. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So hey, you know it's official when the cosigner pop up in the middle of the story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pop up right in the middle of the chat. He was just talking about you. You just pop up. Hey, that's what we like. That's how you know. Hey, no, ain't no lies, no pump faking over here. Like he 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 was at the party when my grandma poured alcohol on everybody ice cream. Um, so so as 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 we're we're drinking, we're drinking out of nowhere. I start walking, and you know, the first time you're drunk, I don't know if y'all remember the first time y'all were drunk because I don't know how old y'all were. Maybe I was just too oh, young I, in the game. Oh, I absolutely remember. I was a, no, I was a little bit older was than you. I was a little bit older than you, but that's a yeah, maybe, maybe I was too young in the game. But you know, the first time you get drunk, you don't understand, you just kind of feel dizzy, you don't know what's going on. And I'm walking out in the hall and I'm stumbling. <laughs> I stumble and go into the wall, and I was like, "Yo, what the hell is wrong with me?" Is what I'm thinking. I'm like, "What's wrong with me?" So I go back outside, and I was like, "I said, Granny, something wrong." And she was like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "I said, man, I I can't walk straight. I'm stumbling." And she was like, "Man, just go lay down in the bed." So I went and lay down in the bed. Boy, within probably two minutes, I was out. And my, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. Man, I ain't wake up till about ten o'clock that night, dog. Mm. When I say everybody in the house was drunk and out, my mom, my dad, me, Cassell. My grandma, everybody. Oh, she had on that potion. Hey, at least you ain't had that lay down room spinning. Two minutes later, you up throwing up type of type of situation. Nah, 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 nah. nah. But you know, she as a kid, on that potion. As, as a kid, it don't take much for you to get drunk. So I, I probably only all. had like I probably only had like three full shots. So I probably only yeah, had like shit. three. But as a kid, shit. yeah. As an adult, shit, that's that's before we even leave the house. Yeah, that's free gaming. So. Yeah, man. Uh, that that ain't even the full pregame. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> like, that's, we, that's we, just we, the pregame. There's, there's there's a lot more to the pregame, but we 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 probably having about seven or eight before we leave to go out. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Y'all smell days. like my wife. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> man, I am. Look, I'm a lightweight. I can't I can't drink for nothing. Okay, I'm two or three shots in. I'm donezo. So <laughs> a blanket. I wrap me up. It's it's over. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm yeah, sure man. there will uh, more than likely be some. There may be depends on how this discussion goes. There may be some. Here's yeah, what yeah, happened type be. of type of situations. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a couple of epic nights. <laughs> but uh, the thing and another thing was with, with with my grandma. Going back to the question you asked earlier, I did not sleep with my parents. I slept with my grandma as a kid. I never slept with my parents. I slept with my grandma. So. Me and me and my grandma just had that bond, bro. That was that was that was. I mean, if she could go, if she can go back, to, she'd probably give birth to me herself because she was like, "That's my child." We love to hear that, man. I love to hear. I love to hear stories like that because grandma sounded dope. Okay. Oh yeah, grandma, grandma was dope. dope. Okay, and I, I love to hear it, man. We love to hear. We love to hear stories like that. Yeah. So that was that was what we needed. That was what we needed. <laughs> So we've talked about pretty much we've we've covered what we call the, the 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 good stuff. We covered, you know, you got into, you know, soccer being your we'll call it your first love, music being not too far from that, you know, and then obviously it all being tied together with, with, with grandma and then well with soccer it was your dad smoking you on the on the soccer field, but you know but smoking. 
<laughs> smoking. So let's let's talk. Let's let's dive into this a different layer of the music game. When when where did you draw your inspiration to start writing music? Man, I I drew my inspiration during high school. Like I started learning to play the piano a little bit. I I can still play the piano now. I didn't uh, get through the basics. I can't read music, but if you show me a video and I can practice, I can I can play. Like I know how to play. So sick. Um, till the end of the road with you for the for the gospel people out there cooling water. Hold on, change is coming. Uh, what's 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 the Donovan Clarkson song? Uh. We fall down. Now, I know how to play a good bit, a good bit of songs. Then I started getting to the point where I was making up my own stuff on, on piano. And then in high school, now before anybody, before I say this, the, the name of this song was before Side Piece was very popular in uh, urban culture. Now, so we, me, Richard, this is when I got to high school. Me, Richard, Greg, Brandon Cooper, and Kiki, we all wrote a song called Shorty on the Side. And literally, it was not like side piece. It was like, I have a shorty on my side. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I got a shorty on the side. Do she want to ride? I got a shorty on the side. And I'm playing the piano, and they start rapping. I was like, man, I think I could rap. And Greg was like, man, I'm going to try and get you. I'm going to get you on a song to rap. You ever rap? Before I said, man, I used to play around with it. I freestyle every now and then. But that's a Texas thing. Everybody in Texas freestyle, bro. We all just play around. Even, even if you can't rap, you you going to get in this damn rap and be like, I done came down. Man, hold mm-hmm. up. Got to be in the I'm, cypher. Man, I got, I'm got. i from Texas, so I got that drink up in my cup. And that's all you going to say. <laughs> oh, you might come drink back and go, man, what good. it do? Man, what it is? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so Greg put me on a song. It was, uh, what was the name of the song? Uh, My Ideal Girl. That was the name of the song. And it was literally like, I've been looking for a long time. Your eyes are like a phoenix burning my mind. Is it a crime for you to be mine? Every time I see you, chills down my spine. Five foot six, goddess in my eyes. Cocoa butter skin, you know she always down to ride. Hold a man down till the day that she die. My ideal girl, won't you let me be your guy? And this was, this we were writing this in high school. So that's a pretty that's a fire track. I ain't gonna lie to you. So we wrote this in high school. We wrote uh we wrote uh, Shorty on the Side in high school, and I was not a rapper, but I was very good at writing poetry, and that came from junior high. So I was very good at writing poetry, and eventually, Greg was just like, man, I want you to sing, but I want you to have your own verse, too, so write a verse. So I wrote a verse. I don't remember the verse, obviously, but <laughs> I-, I wrote the verse. It probably wasn't that good, but we recorded it. We put it out on MySpace. Yes, I said MySpace. I'm that old. Probably dating myself. Hey, shout out to MySpace. Hey, man, we all had it. I put I put it out on MySpace, and people were like, oh, man, I like the vibe of this song. So I was just like, well, I'm going to keep trying to write music. So I kept on trying to write music. And I know y'all seen the five heartbeats. Yep. So, you know, Big Red, I was just from what time to what time? Nine to Nine five. Nine to five. <laughs> Monday through Friday. So, Greg told me one day, Greg was like, he said, man, you know what's making it so hard for you to write is that you're making up things. You're not, you're not writing about yourself. And he was like, just like just like how he told how Duck said at the end of the Five Heartbeats in, in the award show, he was like, this guy told him that you will be a better writer when you finally go through something. So, 
when I finally went through something and I wrote my first song is when I knew I could actually write music because I finally went through something. I wrote a song and I was like, oh, my God, I really can do this. But it was R&B at first. And I'm still a big R&B. Like, I still write R&B ballads till this day. Like, that's just that's just my thing. I don't even have to go through nothing anymore to write a write an R&B ballad. You know what I'm saying? I wrote a whole bunch of different songs now. But I started channeling my emotions, and writing music was therapy for me. So I started writing R&B songs. I wrote a, bro- a breakup song. The breakup song is fire, by the way. <laughs> it really is. I wrote a breakup song. Uh, I wrote a song about meeting a girl. I, I even made a song about meeting a girl out somewhere and I just walk up to her and I wrote a whole song about the conversation that we're having. Like, it's like people hear that song. I put it out on Facebook and people are like, yo, this song is freaking crazy. And then, of course, the guy up top here, we wrote music together. We have a fire ass track together that we never recorded. But this is true. Yeah. And then, uh, now I've crossed over into the into the world of doing a lot more rap. I could always rap, but I've crossed over into the world of finally making a twerking song, and I've made one. I've written it. I just haven't recorded song, it yet. Huh? Yeah, Whoa. hello. So that that was way out of the realm for me. And then uh, probably the best verse I ever wrote was to Weekend by SZA because I because they were doing the whole you know how they were doing the challenge of remixing her song and stuff. And I, wait, I waited a while because I was literally driving home one day and I tried to freestyle something. I took bits and pieces from freestyling over and over again and just, hey, man, I, I, after we get off of this, I'm going to spit it for y'all and let y'all hear it. I'm not about to spit it on here. Somebody going to jack that one. That one fire. <laughs> but Yeah, we're we, uh, we, we, we going to say that. We're we, we going to say that, man. Ain't no, ain't no copyrights happening around here. Yeah. Right here, man. But, but man, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's what really drew me into music. I went through stuff. I wrote about it. It was therapy. I found out I kind of had I kind of had the gift for writing. The only thing I hate doing is really recording. I hate recording. Unless I'm rapping. If I'm rapping, I'm fine with it. But if I got to sing it, I hate it. I can understand that point. I'm not even going to lie to you. That definitely is kind of uh, a tactic. Um, <clears throat> how do your parents, like your mom, your dad, inspire you as far as music wise and writing music and staying inspired to 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 write music and keep going as far as this music tip right so my uncle two my uncle and my older cousin who I also refer to as my uncle because he's older than my mom they were both DJs in the 80s and 90s and my mom used to go out with them and my mom is also a singer oh so wow, she okay. was she was also in choir uh so my, my mom is really big on music she loves music I love music. We sing we sing in a church choir together all the time and things like that. My dad, the funny part about music with my dad is me and my dad didn't have the best relationship growing up. But what brought us closer as we as I grew up was when I started diving in a lot more into reggae and the Caribbean music, more than I had ever ever done before. But when I really started diving into reggae is how me and my dad connected and be and have a better relationship now because Music was what really like pretty much brought us together because we're listening to the we're listening. He's like, Hey, I do you like this song? Yeah, I like this song. I know this song. Do you know this song? Yeah, I know this song. Hey, I heard this song. You know this song? Yeah, I know this song. And it's like it really brought us together. And as far as DJing goes, my dad was not 
a supporter of me becoming a DJ, bro. That was gonna be my next question. Was Pops rocking with the DJ? Hell no. My my dad was not a supporter of me DJing. My mom was because obviously she grew up with 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 her brother and and her nephew, uh, mm-hmm. and they were DJs. My dad was not, and the reason why my dad wasn't because my dad used to go out with them and act a damn fool and drink and get drunk and all kind of stuff, shit like that. So, but he had a birthday party back in I think in 2017, and he had never heard me DJ before. And he called me and was like, he said, "Look." I know I've never been the biggest supporter of you, DJ, but they want to throw my his girlfriend at the time. It's like they want to his girlfriend's family wants to throw a, a birthday party for him. They want to know if I could DJ. So I say, yeah, that's no problem. Uh, I'll come through and DJ. After that night, this man was all in. He was like, he said, man, I thought DJ was just something you was gonna do to pick up just to be inside the clubs, this and that, blah blah. I was like, I said, if that's what you thought about me, you definitely did not know your son because I've never mm. been a club kind of person. Mm. I've been a party person, but I've been more of a house party and event kind of person. GQ will tell you, we, me and GQ ain't never really been like a, a, a club club people. Like, yeah, we'll go out to the country club because they line dance. We go out and have fun at the country club, but I've never been a club. Like, I, yeah. I, I could probably count on my hand how many clubs I've been to in my lifetime. Like, literally. I, I, so, think, I think we grew out of the club scene so fast, it wasn't even funny. Yeah. Well, when I you're young and you experience that club scene at a young age and you, you've already been there when you get older, it's, it's, it's old. It's like, well, what's, yeah. what's, what's here? There's nothing well, here for us. The club wasn't, that wasn't where the fun was at. Exactly. Like, like what's, what's here? There's, there's like, nothing here. The, the club became a waste of money because the events that we would go to, like yeah. we, we started traveling, we started exploring certain things. Like when we discovered, you know, so why I, and we'll, this is a story we'll probably get to later. We discovered the, the, the world of party boats. There you go. And, you know, a couple other type of, you know, brunch, you know, we started figuring out some other things and it was like, all right, the club ain't really, nah. Now brunches, not, it ain't the same move. If you ain't never been to a brunch, okay, Bro, with the mimosas. Hey, listen, I can't, I can't, I can't, if you, if you don't, ridiculous. if you don't brunch, I can't really, I can't really fuck with you if you don't brunch. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you. Because ain't none, ain't nothing like day drinking. Mm. Facts. Mm. Get home, get home at 8, 39 o'clock. Lay I'm down, to go tell to sleep you. and get up for work the next day. Come on now. Plenty there of time is. to recover. There it yeah. is. Yeah. I like it though. I like it. Um. Now, t- now, and now, kind of explain how that kind of changed you and your pops' uh, relationship, right? Like you guys kind of getting like not necessarily um, having the best relationship when you guys growing up, but but understanding as you got older, like dang, we could have we could have connected on a common ground years ago, and um, <clears throat> just if he. Or if we were both more open-minded to wanting to know each other instead of you know being because you know how men can be, right? They get that kind of they get that kind of that, that kind of mode, that kind of thing, and they get that back and forth kind of thing, and you know that territorial thing. And it's like if if we could have if we could have avoided that and just used that time to gain closer, do you think like y'all 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 relationship would be different? Do you think it'd be like better, or worse? Like how do you think if you guys would have started sooner? Uh, do you think you started at the right time? Like, how do you think you, you and your dad's relationship ultimately played out, uh, just just throughout just throughout the years and looking looking back at it to now? I've never really been, I've never really thought of it before, but looking back on it now, there were there were times where you know I would go to work because my dad does his own, he has his own uh, construction company, 
So he does remodeling. But the reason why we never really connected when I was younger wasn't it was because the only time I'd ever get to go around him is whenever he was out working. Like we wouldn't really do too much. Once I got past like nine, nine, ten years old, we wasn't really we really didn't do a lot. I didn't do a lot with my dad. I mean, like, except when we went to uh San Antonio for a family vacation. I mean, when I was younger, we did a lot more together. But as as I got older, we didn't do we didn't do too much. Him and my mom split up. Uh, he moved out, and I mean, it was just more like a. I think once I got older, and I could just start being around him more, is when our relationship got better. I mean, it's not saying he was always there, you know. It's so like he, yeah, he was always definitely. there, but our our relationship was. I felt like as a kid, I felt like he was more. He was more with my second, the second child, which is my younger brother, because I have a, the youngest, which is Ivan. My brother Cassell, him and Cassell connected a lot more because Cassell was like a purebred athlete. Like he played, he played soccer too when he was younger, but then he started playing football and eventually he's just, he's better than me. He ain't better than me in soccer, but he was better than me in, in basketball. He was better than me in football, but my dad really like, I mean, he's, he likes sports. So it, he was more willing to go to a sporting event than he was to come see me sing in the choir or come see me sing when I made uh, all region as the number one chair in high school or when I made show choir in high school, you know, the, the, so he was more willing to do that. The, the sports stuff than the music stuff. And my mom did most of the music stuff. So I was just like, well, he don't ever, he don't come to none of the music stuff. It, it can't, can't connect with him. What the hell? But I mean, I get it. You know what I'm saying? If it's not your lane, it's not your lane. You know, when you get older, you understand, like, well, he's just not into that kind of stuff. But as a kid, you feel like it shouldn't matter if he's into it or not. He should be into his child, whatever his child is doing. So True. that was that was like the real disconnect. And then uh, when I went to he he made an effort when I went to college now and I had this big concert at Lamar coming up and he came. So that started the road to where the relationship started getting a little bit better but i mean it really didn't click probably until i turned like 24 25 and that's pretty much because i mean even even after 18 you're still a kid i don't care when i mean you're pretty much a kid till you turn 21 and you're allowed to drink alcohol like legally you're pretty much still a you're pretty much still a kid unless you do something like you go into the military and they mow you into a man in three months you know what i'm saying like but for the most part you you'll still be looked upon as any adult that helped raise you as a kid. I mean, hell, I still go to the same church I got baptized in and I went in, went to as a baby. I'm, I'll be 33 next month. These niggas still look at me as a kid. They don't want to hear nothing I got to say most of the time. You know what I'm saying? So Because they helped raise me. So it's like they're always going to look at me as a kid. My dad was like that until I went to work with him for about eight months. And in that time frame, he had nothing to do but respect me as another man. And that's what really sparked everything. He was like, okay, yeah, he's growing up. So I don't like remodeling, but it was a blessing in disguise because after I stopped working with him, our relationship got hella better because we had spent so much time together during that time. You guys actually 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 knew each other. That's dope. Yeah. That's that's no, that's that's dope. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, okay. Thank you. 
let's hit a little let's hit a little pivot point let's, we 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 talked about you know we talked about our family the family upbringing you know we talk about the the ups and the downs with the family and stuff but when did you have your first major breakthrough as a dj like what what event was it that just everybody knew that dj micah b was here um let me see let me see so first we me and denzel's 22nd birthday party which Denzel's my cousin. I told you I was five days apart from. I had just like literally started DJing, whatever. Probably had been DJing for about a year, but I hadn't really played out. So the first breakthrough would be with confidence, being being a confident DJ. So we're by uh, Denzel Denzel's house. His his dad is gone because I I don't carry censored music. I don't play parties for kids, bro. I'm not going to do it. I mean, like, can I? Yes, because I did the whole uh baytown broncos little league football last year but i don't carry a lot of a lot of clean music so i, I told denzel i was like i said man where's your speaker he was like over here i said you got an auxiliary cord he was like yeah i said man let me dj and he was just like you dj i said yeah and he was like all right so i started djing and like this is my this is the first time i've dj'd anywhere outside my house bro and i start djing and destroy it like my mom's them didn't. I mean, like my mom knew, but none of my family knew that I could DJ. None of them, and they were like, "Yo, you DJ?" And I was like, "It's just something I picked up uh, after college." And they were like, "Nah, you're good." And they pushed me for years to like start DJing out and about. And I was just like, "Nah, it's just a hobby. I don't really want to do that and stuff like that." And sometimes, still this day, I don't really. I it feels more like a job than a hobby these days. And that's what I never wanted to get to, where I can't have fun doing it, even though it's a job. I still have fun when I actually set up and do it. I just don't like setting up everything and breaking down. But we had a party at my uncle's house a couple of weeks later. He called me and was like, uh, hey, my uncle that's married in. So he was like, hey, man, uh, I want, wanted to know if you could DJ, DJ my party. And I was like, I said, well, I don't have a lot of soca music, but if you can give me some soca music, I'll do it. And then my homeboy was like, he had just came from Trinidad not too long ago. He was like, man, I got a whole folder of soak I'm going to give to you. I'm just dropping on there and DJ. And I was just like, all right, cool. And I did. That was the breakthrough point right there because the party was swinging all night. I knew I had hit something when they were like, we don't listen to rap music and stuff like that. And I was just like, there's no way you don't listen to rap music. So I'm playing soca, soca, soca. And I finally just grabbed the mic and I was like, Y'all say I don't listen to rap music. Let's try this. And the first song, and this is when I knew I could do it. The first song was LL Cool J is hard as hell. And everybody in that whole started screaming the words. Whenever Rock the Bells, that month came on. And I was like, and they were like, man, we don't listen to y'all rap. We listen to this. Man, I backdoor that with Freeze Come Out at Night. I remember this set like it was yesterday, bro. I backdoor that with Freeze Come Out at Night. I backdoor that with This Is How We Do It. I backdoor with The Show. I mean, like, I just, and I'm looking at the party, and the party's just, I said, oh, man, I think I nice can really stop. do this. And mind you, this was with Virtual DJ. I couldn't hear anything before I played it. I didn't have a DJ board. It was straight laptop, pressing the keys on the laptop, doing it, setting the cue points as I'm going, like, look at the screen. All right, here's the first, here's the upbeat, here's the downbeat, here's the upbeat, here's the downbeat. All right, boom, 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 boom. And I'm just dropping, and everybody's like, damn. And ever since then, I've been rolling with DJing. That's that. That's what sparked it. 
So what would you say is the most unique event you've DJed? Who? Uh maybe now ain't the time for people to get sensitive on me because they're gonna be like, that's racist. But maybe the most unique event I did was you know Fong. Yeah. Okay, so back in 20, maybe it was 2020 or 2019 or 2020, either right after or right before COVID. I can't really remember the year. But he got married. Mind you, Fong is Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. His wife is white. <laughs> Look, to, for, let me give y'all some context real quick. So, so Fong and his wife is like the equivalent, literally, of like Krillin and Android Seventeen. Like it's it's Fact. like like dead ass, bald head, short, and she taller than him. Like, oh my god! He's like, I wish I wish we were making this up, but we literally do we're call that man Krillin. We call him Krillin. But in his defense, though. That man can hoop a little bit though. Oh yeah, he got some game. I, I give Fog his props. He he, he he can hoop a little bit. Like he 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 will catch your ass smooth off guard if you think you finna just you know stop him on the court. Like yeah. You, oh especially my God. taller, especially taller players. Drive to the rack, that ball is gone. He will snatch that bitch out your hands when you do your gather step. Yep. Oh my uh, God. I mean, when you're short, you really don't have no choice but to exactly the ball is right in front of your face anyway. <laughs> um I mean, this wedding had a little bit of of everything. I had to play some some uh, K-pop. I had to play some rap music. I had to play American pop. I had to play R&B. I had to play rock and roll. I had to play some heavy metal. Like the 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 daddy daughter dance was "I Loved You First," and then you go into Guns and Roses' "Oh Sweet Child of Mine." Oh wow! Um, what a mashup! That's crazy. Yeah. So. That that's probably the most unique thing I have ever done. Now, if it, if it's an event, the most the the most unique event is probably when I DJed in Vegas. Mm. Yes, I did. I DJed in Vegas. We had the Caribbean Festival in Vegas, and they were like, "We heard you can play rap music, soca, dance hall." He was like, "Okay, so you're gonna play an hour now, and then you're gonna come back on at the end of the party, like uh, next to last, and we're gonna play thirty minutes of dance hall or uh, or soca." So I said, okay, cool. So in this hour, I proceeded to go from Michael Jackson to LMFAO to Marshall Montano. Like, bro, I just, it, if you don't know what Soka is, Soka and Pop pretty much mirror each other at this point a lot. Because the 130s, a, a lot of pop music is in the 130s. So, like, I played some Katy Perry. I played Michael Jackson. I played LMFAO. I mean, I, I played Taylor Swift. Then I crossed over into the to the soca and I played Masha. I mean, just I was I was literally ripping between soca pop, soca pop. And if you didn't know the difference between the two the two genres, you would have never known. Then when I got back on at the end, I did dance hall into rap, into some RB back in the dance hall. Like just, oh, this song samples this dance hall song. Boom. Going to the RB. This dance hall samples this RB song. Scratch it in. Boom. And I'm and people just like, damn. And I'm just. I'm going crazy. I had never been, all the DJs that were there had never heard of me, and they all knew each other. And they were just like, yo, who the hell are you? And they were just like, damn. Yeah, so, I mean, I still I still talk to uh, at least four of those guys I DJ with that night. That's lit. That's lit. Would you consider that, or would you? what would you consider your biggest challenge? Uh, yes. uh, My big what? 
What would you no, consider your biggest challenge, DJ? Or would you consider that your, one of your biggest challenges? I'm not going to lie. Even though I'm American, my biggest... No, that's actually pretty easy. My biggest challenge DJing so far has doing a complete hip-hop uh, wedding. Uh, and the, re the reason why I say that is... All right, Kalissa, we hear you. <laughs> the, re the reason why... The, the reason why I'll say the hip-hop is because the people I did it for, it was last year, and they were like 22, 23. Mind you, I'm 32. It's a whole generation of music in between. And past like 2015, I don't really mess with a lot of a lot of rap music anymore. A lot of hip-hop and rap music no more past 2015. So like it was a whole generation gap. Like they were, their music is 2010s on up, whereas ours would have been 2000 to like 2015. No, nah, don't 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 sell it. Don't sell us short. We we was we was in that 90s hip hop game pretty hard. Yes, I understand that, but I'm just saying like 90s is old school for us. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for, for, for like our generation as when we're going through school. So the 2000s is old school for them. They didn't live in school through the 2000s like that. So they missed out. Yeah. So so when I was, I started playing 2000s and they were like, "Man, this is this is old school music." I'm like, "Old school? The hell?" And that's when I knew I was old. And so, but I mean, it was it was challenging because I don't really past like 2013. I don't really try to stay away from a lot of the hip hop because I try I DJ for mostly people my age. Like, yeah, you play the hits, but when you get out, when when you when you're done with the hits now and you got to dive deeper into the catalog, what are you mm -hmm. going to do? So, I literally sat down for about two weeks straight just studying. 2015 on up to last year's music and just putting I put together like four or five different crates and it was all based on BPM like here's your 60 to 85 your 85 to 95 your 95 to 110 and then your 110 to 120 and on up so man it was a challenge but you know I like sports I like competition I embrace the challenge and I knocked that shit out the park it That's was it. hard it was hard because I had to learn the names of these damn songs in two weeks to know what I was going to play. But I did. I Play the mannequin challenge. <laughs> Surprisingly, that song is not a hit to people younger than us. I like Black Beatles. They uh, don't. It, the only people I knew that really fucked with it was the middle school kids that I was coaching. That was really good. I, I really didn't give a shit about it. That, that song is actually terrible for middle school kids if you listen to the words. But. Yes. But that's the, 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 like absolutely. like the very beginning will tell you everything you need to know about that girl being a real crowd pleaser. Like there's that a reason. That girl is a real crowd pleaser. But that's the problem with that's that's the problem with like the generation we do all, all the TikTok dances and everything. Like they don't even they're not even listening to the songs that they're dancing to. They're oh, just no. out there. People like, don't people don't listen to lyrics at all. The 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 level of obliviousness to it is is mind blowing to me. Crazy. Yeah. But Crazy. I I have a I have a. I say a story. It's not a story. It's a story that I want you to tell. Okay. But it's one of our first major collabs. Yeah. On the party boat. When I introduce you to the party boat life. Yeah. Uh oh. So. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, the first time I went to the party boat, GQ wasn't there. He he just put my name in. They called me. I went and I did it. And they were like, "Oh, we like you. We're gonna we're gonna call you back." I was like, all right, cool. And then the second time I went out, he was the bartender because he's a bartender by trade. 
And if he if you call him to bartend and he tells you it's 150 an hour, you better pay that 150 an hour. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Um, but so they were like, all right, we need a DJ. And he was like, what about my boy Mike? And they was like, oh yeah, put Mike on there. So this is our first collab as like on the party boat, like outside of his house. This is our first collab. Yeah, because we do plenty of collabs at, at the house. Yeah. That's that's normal. But this is like the public seeing us. So we go in there and it's literally like BYOB. Everybody had to bring their own bottle. You put it behind the bar. And I mean, I'm like killing on the DJ table. I find this wicked ass groove. He's back there and he's mixing drinks and everybody's coming up. Hey, can you give us drinks? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's pouring, he's pouring up and making an extra one. They drunk, they ain't paying attention. And he's sliding one to the DJ booth for me because I damn sure ain't bring no alcohol because I'm not supposed to be drinking alcohol because I'm contracted. So he's sliding it. I'm drinking. Boom. And we got this party boat lit, bro. I mean, dumb lit. People are acting a fool. We're having a blast. Mind you, these are people in their 40s and 50s. I'm playing nothing but new music. And I take it back to the 2000s R&B. And when I got to the 2000s R&B, it was a rap. I had them. Lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that, we, we that, had, that, yeah. That was a, that was a, that was a move. Like, I love to hear it. Oh, I love to like, hear that. That was a whole ass move. Like as soon as as soon as he got to basically what, what we're gonna call it the, the 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 music you play at the cookout. Yeah. The party turned upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that was that was it. Everybody was in and, that, and mind you, this this these these cruises are like three, four hours. Yep. The only time they wasn't jumping. Was the first fifteen minutes, and that's because we was boarding the boat, boarding, setting up and stuff. Was that yeah, we already set up. Well, we already set up, but once they got on and once we left the dock, oh yeah, like Mike, Mike wasted zero time dropping oh, yeah, that I, mix. Yeah. I don't got up. time. And, <laughs> and you know, oh, and, and, time, not and, a long time. And so, and we found the so we found what we call a party starter group. You know, you play that one song and that one loud was like, oh, that's fine. You know, yeah. So when she got up, that's everybody it, else it. got up, and like, by the way. Uh, the folder of music you gave me that same day, I still have that folder on my hard drive to this day. Hey, that folder is legendary. I was gonna yeah. say that sounds like a legendary folder. It is. Yeah. Like I'm not so, a DJ. I just I just know music. I'm not a DJ at all. Like I I have no skills of a DJ, but I can put playlists together. I can do that. I I feel you. I definitely feel you. So that brings me into my next line of questioning. You guys' very special relationship. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about how it all started, where it all began. Take us back a little bit. I could do that. Um, this is the summer after second grade, and we were literally in summer camp. And I don't necessarily know how I met met GQ in summer camp. I don't know if we were playing basketball. We got put in, we got put in the same class. Okay, that's what it is. Me, you, so we, Ralston, we all got put in the same class. Okay, so that's what it was. I couldn't remember. But this is when we're like eight years old. And we had a blast in the summer, me, him, Ralston. And we're talking about WWE. We're talking about basketball. I wasn't really big into football yet, but uh, we're talking about basketball. And, and the finals obviously was at the beginning of the summer, so we obviously talked about that. But... WWE was where it is because WWE is year round. So every every day I couldn't wait to get to summer camp after Monday Night Raw 
on Tuesday. I couldn't wait to get to summer camp. We in there, man. You see what the rock did? You see Stone Cold, Kane, Undertaker. I mean, like big show. Then we talking about uh Nitro because it was Monday Night Wars during that time. Bam, bam, Bigelow, Goldberg, Harlem Heat. Like, man, we just we we're in it, bro. We're like in it, in it. And hell, we 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 go away, go to school, we come back. Next year, he's back at summer camp. Back at summer, like, oh my, I ain't seen this dude in a year, and it picks right back up again. Go away, come back, and it picks right back up. I would see his sisters more than him because the sisters were praise dancers. They come and praise dance at my church, so I would always see his sisters. And every time I see his sister, his sister was because me and his sisters got a, a relationship too. Those are my dogs. They'll they'll see me anywhere, coming to me and talk to me. So I would see them all the time. Like, man, tell Jeremy I said what's up and this and that and. Man, I, we get to junior high, sixth grade. I ain't seen him in a while. Uh, I didn't play football. Obviously, I played soccer. So they played. They played Optimus. I think the, you played Optimus, right? Yeah, that was my yeah. first introduction into football. Was so, I playing Optimus? So he played Optimus. My cousin played Optimus. So I seen him when they went against them at the game, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's Jeremy!" So I ran down in. I was talking to Jeremy, this and that. We left. I didn't see him for a while. Then we get to seventh grade, and we're in choir. Both of us. We are in choir. Here comes the music again. We go to all city tryouts. He's there. We go to all region tryouts. He's there. And we're just like, we're, like, we're, we're by each other the whole time. Talking. We're catching up because it's like, man, I only see this dude like twice a year. So that pretty much went on until we got to high school with uh, all region. And then uh, we, we go all region and stuff. And thank we, we went to we, we went to rival high school. Yeah. Thank, oh. And no. Notice we're rivals in just about every damn sport you could think of professionally, too. But yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely get to um, that. So really, we get to Lee College. I went to Lamar, came back. He went to the uh, the National Guard. He finished basic and he came back. And then this was like the first time I seen this dude consistently, like consistently every single day. It was the first time in my life I got to hang out with this guy every single day, all the time. We went out to a couple of parties together. LXG was born. The Brotherhood is here. Uh, bro, I've known this man what, 25 years now. 25 years. And this is my brother. Like, I, I, call, I call his dad on Father's Day. You know what I'm saying? Me and his dad have a relationship. His dad is also a DJ. So, I mean, just his sisters. I could call. I can call either one of them on the phone right now. They're going to pick up the phone. Like, what's up, Micah? So, yeah, like it, it's we then obviously the podcast. Um he went he went on tour for a whole pregnancy. Uh at one point we called it a pregnancy because he went away for nine months. But while he was one of those nine months, we kept in contact through email, we're messaging back and forth and things. So man, yeah, that's my brother, man. Like you y'all know you just meet certain people and you just stick with them. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's my boy. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I like to hear it. I love to hear it. I love to hear it now. Let's uh let's dive into a little bit of these crazy stories that we be talking about. <laughs> All right, let's dive a little into it. So uh we're gonna go ahead and do a little bust down a little list, okay? That's gonna go top three wildest moments with each other. Mm. We're gonna get yeah yeah, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna deep dive into the stories, but we're gonna get a little <laughs> we're gonna get a little shallow dip into hey, the listen. pool. It don't matter to me about deep diving. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. This show ain't made for kids. So 
I, th- I, th- I think I think I'll start this one off. I'll let I'll let him take the second one. I think our first like very very wild moment was Ace had a party at his house and I was DJing. This is the first time I DJed and he was he was mixing drinks. So he was he was making shots. I probably had about twenty five mixed shots. Yeah, and, about right. And he didn't realize how much he had given me. I didn't realize how much I had drank. The party was over. We were all sitting around. And when I sat down, they just hit me. Bruh, it was so bad. They had to put me in the car, drive my car home. My drunk friend had to drive me home on the other side of Baytown with this man following just to make sure I got home. I don't know how they got me in the house. The next day, I woke up in my bed. I don't know if they put me in my bed or they put me on the couch. I walked. I have no idea. But somehow, so, some way. Yep. <laughs> To fill the gap is very simple. There, We knew where the house key was at. That's how we got him in the house. We put the house key back where it was supposed to be at, and we put that man in his bed and said, Mama, we got him home. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's man. That's how you're supposed to be, too. That's how your brothers are supposed to be, man. That is how your brothers are supposed to be. All right, GQ, take us away so, with number two. So the second one, this, this for me is one of my all-time favorites because we talk about, like, how many collabs we've done just at a party, at a, at a party that's not, like, a public party. So – we talk about this whole thing about me being away for a pregnancy. So I came back and we had this adult oh. pajama party. Mm. I I got tired of traditional Halloween parties. I said, fuck that. Let's do an adult pajama party for Halloween. So that's what the fuck I, I am. So there's a whole story on how in the fuck the name GQ became who I am. So I was Definitely. a big fan of... I was a big fan of The Great Gatsby. Which if you know anything about that book, Gatsby threw the biggest fucking parties. Point blank. Everybody wanted to go. And this is before all y'all seen the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. I'm talking about the actual book. Read the book. You can still understand the lavishness of the Roaring Twenties, which is my favorite time period in history. So I said, fuck, we're going to throw this adult pajama party. I said, you can't come into this house if you ain't rocking some kind of adult pajamas. So that's what we did. Michael was DJing. I was, of course, doing my thing, mixing the drinks. We had it popping. So what, what we did for this, so me and my sisters, we got unique with it. So we all three dressed up like three different types of Batman. So they had on the Batman pajamas. I had on Batman pajama pants, the shirt with the cape, mind you, and the hat. So that's oh, what we did. We, we turned it up like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was, we, we was Batman drippy all the way down to the shoes. Had to, actually had the Batman out. Nikes at this time. Yeah, yeah. Batman down to the socks like I'm big and pop. You know? Hey, yeah. So you know how you see those, those college parties, right, where you wake up the next day and like all you can do is laugh. Well, that definitely. was this party because we mm. had a homeboy of mine, my man D Griff, who basically zombie death style threw up all up and down my hallway because that's how fucked up he got. And then you had another brother of ours who you've seen on one of the last couple of roundtable episodes who um who woke up the next morning cuddled up with somebody. Mm. We're going we're going to leave Hello. it at that cuz there's a lot of life life has gone on for both parties involved. I'm going to leave it at that right there. But when I woke up the next morning, I laughed hard because there were people passed out on my floor, hanging off the couch, cuddled up on the couch in my guest bedroom, in my guest bathroom, tub sleep, like it literally was like everything oh, that you saw in the movie. Oh, it was one of those, yeah. That was hilarious. The only people that really re- saw everything unfold was me and Micah. Yeah. My little brother st- pulled up. My youngest we stay brother. Sober. He pulled up. He was still in high school at this time and he, he brought one of his homeboys from the track team. Got They got trashed. I was like, look, y'all good. Under Texas law, you at my house. Guess what? You can drink. So 
they got trashed. Like and just don't oh, drive home. Just yeah, he, he oh, I, I took everybody's keys. That's why I had so many people. I took everybody's keys. I put them in my safe. I put because I'm the only one with the only, code. Only person keys he didn't take was mine. I took every like yeah, except people. I took everybody's keys and threw them all in the safe and said, none of y'all going home because we've been. Drinking, I love drinking. it. Because no, I knew what it. kind of drinks I was. I knew the drinks I was mixing specifically were creepers. So when they hit, I knew they was going to hit. And I was like, nah, I'm taking keys. So I took all the keys. I had Me being the person I am, I already knew because I already went through my fair share of it. So Michael was like, nope, I think I will take a straight and I'll just take a beer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Go ahead, DJ. Number three. I think this this isn't really a wild story, but this was probably one of the best times we we had. We we went out one night to Big Texas. Oh yeah, when I took all y'all out for the first yeah. time in Big Texas, yeah. We went out to Big Texas and you know, country bar. I had just got in the country. I got in the country because of this guy. But we we went to Big Texas and Big Texas was so turnt, man. I I remember having just the, the time of my life in Big Texas. I couldn't Texas two-step. Didn't matter. The girls with the... They seen black people. They was like, oh, shit, we got black people in here. The, yes, bro, the girls was flocking to us. They like, come dance with me. Come dance with me. I was like, I can't Texas two-step. Well, you dance how okay. you dance, and I'll follow you. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm an R&B guy. I step on beat, my nigga. I don't do that pattern. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yes, sir. Was, I love it. Man. I love, I love where this is going already. Man, yeah, so but don't but don't forget the biggest part about that night is when the, when the line dances hit. Mm. Oh yeah, we was running. So that. so I I had already we had already been doing this from the other smaller the the name Big Texas it lives up to its name Big Texas. This is a big fucking country bar. Like I'm talking about big ass dance floor. Got the sand on the floor. The sand on the floor is so your boots slide across that. That's what the sand is for. For those who don't know, so this mug is so big they are on Facebook Live during this nighty out like this is what they do this is how big big texas at this time was there's some other places that have sp- sprouted up because of this but yeah when the line dances hit that's when you we'll say make your name you know what i'm saying that's how you make your name like just like at the cookout you know what I'm saying we hit the cupid shuffles you know we hit all the you know we hit all the electric slides now you got to be able to hit the copperhead road you got to be yep. able to hit footloose those yep. are two very important ones you got to be able to get and you got to be able to hit Boot Scoot and Boogie. Those are like the trifecta. Those are the trio. You must know all three of these to get down with the get down at the country bar. And then yep. if you know what I'm saying, if you're a melanated, melanated individual, you put a little, you put a little spice on it, you know what I'm saying? A little slap a little mama, a little saturies. And they be like, they, and they just and they just be enamored with how you put that little extra little oomph into it. And then of course you get the the ones who the white boys who just turned 21 that they they resort to basically just humping the floor. Yeah, but he he know exactly that's why he did that face. He know exactly what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I say that to say this that leads into the honorable mention number four because it was he said that was and that was a great night. But we also had one of the most epic nights because we notoriously would shut down these two country spots, hundred percent. That was we would shut them down. We started at one and finished at the other, or we started at the other and finished at the other. This was always the rotation. So. This so happened to be the very last night this one particular place called the Electric Cowboy was going to be open. And we was like, one oh, no, dollar crown and we got downs, it. Baby. We got it. We got Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dollar crown and downs. You already knew what it was. So we was like, nah, we got to go shut that one down. So we started off at the shoot, um, formerly known as Floozies, for my old Baytonians who know what's up. So we turn up. The shoot is great. We was like, man, what time are we going to the Cowboy? I think we left there at like, probably like, what, 10, 1030? Yeah, because we, yeah, we went like, early I that mean, day. 
Yeah, we, I mean, we're talking about a 15-minute drive up the road. It ain't far. So we, went, we go over to the Cowboy. The Cowboy is on fire. I mean, is hot. Is people everywhere. And, you know, we talked about the, you know, the, the, the Caucasian brothers humping the floor. The reason that's important is the reason that's important. It's, it's a key part of this whole story. So we get to the Cowboy, and they say, yeah, it's Dollar Crown and Downs. It's the last night. So we, of course, we take turns. Everybody buys around because it's five of us that night. It was me, you, Taylor, Joseph, and um, who the fuck else we brought? We brought somebody else with us that night. My boy Ant came with us. No, my boy Anthony came with us. Anthony, yeah, Anthony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My boy Anthony came with us. Yeah. So we was everybody was taking turns, you know, saying, Hey, you tell me I can get a you know a dollar crown it down, we're gonna crown it down and up all night. So the DJ is just the DJ is killing it. Like he's got a perfect mix of the country with the hip hop. Like, I mean, it's it's that kind of night. So we get to the dance floor, and it's, the dance floor is on fire. I mean, it's like the ratio of females to males in this particular instance was probably three to one, easy. Yeah, like Hello. easy, easy three to one. It, it was Hello. it was because ladies, because ladies getting free. So Ooh, we we love know, a club, tell, ladies tell, getting tell free. Tell a friend to tell a friend, so friends bring friends, and all the friends pull up at the same time. So Absolutely. all of a sudden, we get to this, we get to the not the downside. This is probably the peak of the night, and we yeah. had just came off the dance floor. We had just finished doing that. We just finished doing the boost scooting boogie. And we thinking, all right, cool. We got a little break, you know, get some water, get a couple of drinks. No, the DJ was like, nah, fuck that. So this man drops genuine pony on us <laughs> at the country bar. Yeah, I was like, we was like, hold on. So you know, me and Mike was like, hold on, now they, now they, you know, you fucking with us a little bit. So right. the this this in this, this group of this this pack of wolves, aka this pack of women that was you know gravitating towards us, pulled us back onto the dance floor. And of course, you know what goes on when the genuine pony song comes on. There's only one type of dance that goes on. There ain't Absolutely. no other type. So the forbidden we resort to well, yes, the, it is definitely the forbidden movements in public. <laughs> so we proceed to do this, you know, saying up, you know, got you know, cats leaned up against the rails, all this type of shit like that. And out of nowhere, here comes these three, three, about six foot, six foot one, you know, tall, skinny country boys. Just you know, normal what you would see at any old country boy. They start, doing, they start doing this country version of a pretty Ricky grinding on the floor. And like, I mean, the whole vibe, we was just like, what the fuck is we looking at right now? Like, like you know, we in the middle of the forbidden dance, but then you see this shit here, this damn clown show going on. And you're like, bro, really? All, the, the, all these, all these, all these other, all this opposite sex in here and you and the floor want to get intimate. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is crazy. I mean, honestly, I love it though because that just shows like it shows like you guys don't need to be, you know, the, the typical, you know, club going folks and you know, out on that. Like you guys can just can go to it, like really go to any place and turn it up and have and, and be the life, not only be the life of the party, but have the time of your life, right? And I think those like those memories and those relationships are always important because. It's crazy because you guys didn't didn't go to school together, right? Like you guys met up at summer camp and seen each other at summer camp every single summer. So it's just like genuine, like genuine relationships like that to the point where it's like you build a nice genuine relationship or a genuine friendship and you're excited to see that person the next time, no matter when that is, it's like dang, like when I'm gonna when, 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 when I'm gonna see my boy again, man. And then you see him and it's like, oh shoot, bro, I was just talking about you, dog. How you been? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that only to just draw that in from childhood, because literally they like you guys. If I don't know if you guys been here, welcome to the show. But these guys, they 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 they've known each other since single digits. Okay, all right. Yeah. 
You feel me? And and they still here, right? Two halves of gentlemen's talk, and they still here. So what I want to say is, I commend you guys for having this for having this lifelong relationship as friends and 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 turning into brothers, right? But how does how does your 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 childhood friendship? How does that translate to adulthood, right? Like you see him, you seeing him go off and have kids, and you know he's he's married now. And how does that kind of change your, your, the, the the dynamic of you guys' relationship? Not I a mean, fucking bit. Not, yeah, <laughs> asked it for a reason. Asked it for a reason because I want I want everybody to notice, right? I want everybody to notice, right? People can be lifelong friends. People can go through different paths of life. They can have kids. They can move away. They cannot see each other for a few years or a few months or whatever the case may be. But guess what? When you have a genuine collection connection like these two guys have right here, nothing's gonna keep them apart. Like they say, like like DJ say, he can call GQ sisters. He calls he calls GQ's dad on Father's Day. Like that's the genuine connection that people seem to forget within friendship bro like a lot and that doesn't happen a lot i i can tell you me personally i can count on maybe one hand somebody i know from elementary school that i actually still talk to so like just hearing that is is really dope and seeing that y'all seeing how y'all y'all connection flourished into something that's not only um not only family oriented but but business wise too because now you guys have a podcast and you guys are doing 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 major big things and it's it's just great to see so talk about that a little bit talk about how just collaborating and working together and and that camaraderie and that brotherhood literally like brought you guys to where you guys are now i mean i think a lot of it, it lost in the shuffle a lot of the times with 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 uh with relationships because i mean if you go back and look at most relationships of people that have been together for a while, the shit normally breaks down over some kind of money or somebody sleeping with somebody's significant other. It's something crazy. And like, I know when this guy knows, but there, there's such a genuine love and respect. I would never, and he would never like that. We, we are two two guys that would never do that to anybody, like in any of our friends. It's just kind of like a, it's a respecting. So like, if somebody's like, "Hey, Micah, I want a DJ." I first y'all need a bartender too, because I know a bartender. Hey, well, how much he's gonna charge? He's gonna charge this much an hour. I said we could work out a price and just put it together, and we'll this and that, whatever. You know, th that's what it takes. I mean, then of course. Doing the podcast made it even. It just made it. It just gave us an excuse to be to be together at least one time a week, <laughs> and to get together and drink one time a week. I love people it. don't understand. Pretty much. If people don't understand, like even I, you would understand this, uh, Moo, because we we all been doing the podcast together for a while now. This shit is therapy for us sometimes. Like I get off of work on Mondays and I can't wait to do basket to basket. I get off work on Wednesdays and can't wait to do gentlemen's talk. I'm at work on Friday or Thursday. And I'm like. Well, not Thursday, because Thursday night, uh, Zamora does does her show after I get off. But on Friday, not that I, I keep the 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 one ear pod in. I'm not supposed to, but you know, whatever. I can't. I'm on. I'm on inside the. I wish I could comment more because Melby Melby whacking whacking the hell out on that shit. But um, <laughs> I'm coming for him too. One of these days when I get off. But um, it's really it's literally just respect. Like, I mean. It, it, it's literally we were raised, we were raised by him, him included. Both of us, we were raised by incredibly strong women. We both love, we both had this connection with our him with his great grandma, and I'm pretty sure his grandmother too. Me with my grandma. I mean, just we were raised so much alike. 
I grew up in kind of the hood, not really the hood, but kind of the hood. It was a, it was a lot of drugs and stuff out there, but I mean, it was like the street. It wasn't really the hood though. Macnay is the you you consider more the hood, and Kings County is more. Yeah. The, the cops ain't really coming over there to fuck with us, but that's where a lot of the drugs is. So. But still guilty by association, just because it was right on the other side of train tracks. Yeah, still really? guilty by association. So ironically, was, you see, we talk, we connected by train tracks too, because I lived in Ocean, yeah. which is on the other <laughs> side of the train tracks behind the high school I went to. So, I mean, it lost in a lot of friendships is like he had he he got married. Hey, I understand that the first time, yeah. I understand, like, hey, there's no more of this. We're gonna go out over and over again. That can't happen. But what can happen is like, hey, what you doing? All right, well, I'm gonna just pull up if you ain't doing nothing, or hey, if you if you get a, if you get a chance, pull up by me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's just working. You know what I'm saying? If you want that relationship, you, you're gonna make it work. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's my boy forever. I mean, I can I can probably I can call him right now and be like, look, I'm in a bind. I need to borrow hundred dollars. If he got, it, I guarantee you, he'll shoot it to me. He'd be like, all right, I got you. And in LHG, our favorite phrase, "Am I not my brother's keeper?" So y'all try if y'all want to. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> there will be a bullet going in your ass behind that one. They are from Texas, which means you already know what's popping. Uh, oh yeah, every, every I got a Texas got ID myself, so uh, I can tell you what's yeah. popping. It's some yeah. guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a Texas ID myself. Don't, a few things from don't, Texas. Don't uh, don't set foot in this house. Yeah. Speaking of big, uh, speaking of the big T, I'll be I'll be out there real soon. Uh, so you guys be on the lookout for your boy. Oh, through uh Texas again. I gotta come, uh, you know, handle some things and some logistics out there. Um, but. Um, I love to hear it, man. I really love to hear, you know, like things like this, stories like mm-hmm. this, bro, because you don't necessarily like you hear the you hear the, the typical stories. Oh, you know, we met in college or, you know, we were teammates and, you know, we just started to 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 to, to link up. And then, you know, what I'm saying, but it rarely starts from where two people are come from single digits and. Throughout all the walks of life found a way to still connect and right found a way to still kind of be and still be brothers and still you know be part of each other's life bro so that to me like that's big connections are big relationships are huge bro and like i said i commend y'all for that man because you don't see it a lot and like especially within you know people that look like us like like dj said it's, it's always something between money it's always something between a woman or something like that and um i just feel like nowadays a lot of people will you know use that or use these kind of small moments and kind of dwell on it. But um, just to see a genuine connection like that to go th- throughout the years and beyond the years and to, to develop into something to where it's like, you know what? Well, we can literally link up and be around each other all day, every day, if we want to, you know what I'm saying? Cause we have the freedom to do so, you know? And it's not, that, right. it's not that, it's not even that, it's not even that like, it's not even like a like a like a need to. It's like I want to. Like this is my boy, right? Like without like if, if I'm not if I'm not if I'm not connected with him, if I'm not talking to him, if I'm not checking up on him, if we not you know what I'm saying linking up every so once in a while, like I'm I'm, I'm starting to feel lost here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like hey, what you doing, dog? Nah, pull up, bro. It's been like three weeks. I ain't seen you. I ain't heard from you, gang. I already yep. we're great. You feel me? So pull up. And we finna do this homework because we got fifth grade to study for. Stop playing with me. You know what I'm saying? So I just <laughs> I love to hear that, bro, because you don't see that a lot, especially coming from single digits. Like that is crazy, 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 super, super rare, super, super rare. And especially to go into business together and experiencing like a podcast to where you know a lot of things can be taken out of context and misconstrued, and people can have different opinions and stuff like that. And y'all are still here rocking strong, you know, like 
that shows that that shows, oh. that shows brotherhood that shows love like that is that this this is what this is this is this is what this is what we should everybody should strive for right so like i said i commend y'all fellas for that and i want to give y'all flowers and y'all applause because that that is truly truly big i got one more honorable mention i'm happy oh. i'm happy you said that because he knows i knew exactly i know where I, yep oh hell here we go okay so come on with it so we we before we got on from the sideline we had a we, we had our own podcast obviously gentlemen's talk and obviously now we're part of from the sideline uh this i think this was last year it was it was thanksgiving it was live okay. on location right so this this was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, right? Yep. This was yeah. Okay. This was pre Thanksgiving at pops at pops house. Okay. So Wednesday, Wednesday night, we went over there. And we did live on location. His 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 dad was cooking out and things like that. I came over there. We were drinking and stuff, and we got to the point on the podcast where we come comparing weight classes and are they important on the podcast, Bruh. Hey. Yeah. We were both now, drunk at this point, a little bit drunk. I don't know if drunk is a word. We was just out of there. We was just feeling ourselves. Like the whole argument was absolutely pointless because we were both right, but we were talking about the wrong thing. I was talking about weight classes in UFC, and he was talking about weight classes in boxing. And this is on a this is still an episode. If you go on to the gentleman's talk Spotify, it is the Gentleman's Talk live on location episode. And there is about a good 25 minute back and forth about fucking weight classes in UFC and boxing and why they matter and why they don't matter. And neither one of us was wrong. We were both correct. It's just we were having the wrong discussion. Oh, my gosh. I'm crying over here. That is hilarious because I've had similar conversations with my brother, he's in he's he lives in Atlanta. We'll get into that another time. But I've had similar conversations, right? And you know how like those conversations can like can, can turn up and go serious a little bit back and forth a little <laughs> bit. Um and like I'm gonna go ahead and ask the the, the question that everybody that everybody wants to know. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever sparred before? Y'all throw y'all throwing the gloves and box one time for the one time. No, no. No. Ever thought about it? No. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, like I maybe, had, maybe, 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 for like, maybe he's like, maybe if like one day he's like, man, let's put on the gloves and let's just box for the hell of it. You know what I'm saying? Then yeah, yeah, I would do. But as in like legitimately, like fight each other? No. Oh yeah, no. The, yeah, the closest no. thing to sparring you'll ever catch with us is is playing video games. Yeah, Mortal Kombat and Marvel versus Capcom and Super Smash Bros. Like that's the and playing Madden. Like those are in Soul Calibur. Those, those are the or or playing sports. You know, we did play flag. Yeah. We were on opposing flag football teams in college too. Like there there was some that that's the closest thing to sparring you'll ever get between the two of us. Oh man, I love. I asked because me and me and my best friend we 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 had fought on my birthday one year, and it wasn't like a super serious fight right like it wasn't crazy like that but um you know best friends or you know people who have known each other for a long time they always have that crazy story it's like yeah bro like 
one time, man, we must have fought, man. He must have did some crazy shit when he was drunk, man. Tripped over my tripped over my grill one time, and man, I lost my shit because my my shoelace was untied and my the left side of my earring was off, and I couldn't even find my right my right shoe. So I got mad at him, and he was mad because he tripped over the shoelace that I lost. So he got mad at me, and then we boxed, and then next thing you know, we laughed it out later because we knew he was drunk and there wasn't even a shoelace, and he just tripped because he was clumsy. You know what I'm saying? So. There's always those funny, like, because kind of funny, crazy stories or crazy coincidences. Like, y'all did what? Like, like, oh, like, crazy, don't, like I said, don't, don't, like, I mean, we, we are both very super competitive. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you put us on a basketball court, normally we end up on the same team. But if in, in, in the case that we, that we end up on opposing teams, he's a better player than I am by far. <laughs> it's not even close, but I mean, I am a very, I'm a very good low post defender. So like, and and I'm not going to back the hell down either. <laughs> but we respect that about each other because I'm not going back now. I know damn well know he he could he could probably out he not even probably he could probably get around me just based based on speed. But I can I can I got pretty pretty fast feet laterally. You know what I'm saying? So I can I can shift my body and I got long arms. I mean, I'm five nine with a six one wingspan. So I I, I got pretty long arms. So it's kind of hard to get around me. But he's quick enough. He catch me in the open court. It's bye bye. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, I, I do move. This I move fairly yeah. well. But this but this I also like for the, yeah, for the but the, basketball tournament. But the beautiful thing is, and he he um he didn't allude to this, but when we when we're on the same team, we don't talk to each other. That's because you guys we're know li- we're linked in the mind. Yeah, you guys know. You guys, we know happen. we know exactly where the other person is when we come up the floor. On a fast break, if he gets the rebound on a fast break, he already know to throw that bitch to the left side yeah. block because I'm already down the court. Throw it up. Like <laughs> if I'm on the what? left side, if I'm on the left wing, I know he's on the right short corner, which means I'm flinging that ball on a bounce pass through traffic to his waistline, and he's scoring. Don't forget that free like, throw line. I was just about to say, if I drive, if I drive left or right side from the corner, I know for a fact he's at the foul line or he's at the elbow. And that means I got a beautiful no-look pass that they're not even paying attention to because I'm going towards the rack and everybody collapsing on me. So and don't don't let all we we got a homeboy, uh Dak. Oh, we yeah. We used to go, we we, we used to go to this place called Eagle Point, and they had uh some Filipinos that have played it. So we started going over there and playing with them. They used to run a two-three zone. Bro, one day between me, him, and Dak, we were like, all right, we're gonna break the shit out of this zone. Mike free throw line, Jeremy got the ball on the wing. Man. Every time now we ran the same play. GQ passed the ball to me. I catch it. If I'm open, I'm pulling. If I'm not, oh, if I'm not open, Dak already cutting in from the corner. He cut we literally, the corner. we literally ran 2016 Golden State Warriors. Draymond, say, yeah, Clay. that offense sounds familiar. Okay, but, <laughs> mind you, this was this was pre this was pre Steph Clay Draymond. We were already doing yeah. this because it's just and. And we they said we did it, it yeah. first, okay? They took it yeah. from us. But like, well, we, and we talked about it, like I said on the on the last on the last episode with my interview. Like, if there's one thing I love coaching against, is a two three zone. It's easy. I break. show my I show my players there are twenty different holes in the two three zone based on where the ball is at any mm-hmm. given time. If you know where to move the ball, there's always a hole in the two three zone. So mm-hmm. with three of us, imagine if we'd have had five. Cause we ain't even had a person. We ain't even had a person running short corner to short corner yet. We Rogers. just had one person cutting. We had we did a we basically ran a three man motion and was scoring. Oh my goodness, this is great. I don't know. And, if and mind you, this is great. And, and mind you, by the way, here's here, 
so, so all the people out there listening, especially if you're young and you're playing playing uh basketball or any sport, the key yeah. to making the team, whether you're good or not, is to make sure you're not expendable. I am not the best basketball player, but you know what makes me stay on the team? I have a beautiful mind in the game because I was a basketball manager in high school and I sat in basketball class for four years and soaked everything up. I can tell you how to break any zone. I can tell you what plays to run a break to 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 literally ragdog a man-to-man defense. Like you're gonna have to hey, hey, I I sat there and soaked everything up. So you can't have me and this man on the court together and it's a two-three zone. We'll break a two-three zone with just two of us. And I'm a, a I'm third a, one. Listen, I'm a, I'm a liability from three, but that's the only place I'm a liability. The three ball ain't my three. game. The three ball ain't my game, but I'm telling you right now. There's a reason why Dwayne Wade is my idol. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, okay, okay. See, they're, they're giving us a nice little insider before the uh, FTSL basketball tournament. We're waiting for Troy to get his back right. When Troy gets his back right, we're going to run the FTSL basketball tournament, and it's going to get really real, okay? Um, 100%. But um, I, I, I love this. I, lo- I absolutely love this because it, it, shows, it, shows, it definitely shows a different kind of connection. When you guys are on the same team, when you guys have that different kind of connection, like – how does it feel knowing like you guys don't have to say shit? I mean, you, and you already know where somebody is, is where, where your boy is going to be. And you know how frustrating that can be for the opponent. And it's just the silent killer. Right. And I know, and I, and I know, I, and I know when I say silent killer, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily mean silent. Cause I know my boys down. I know my boys below me and my boy to the left of me. I know they get to talking and the shit talking. Okay. They gonna let, they gonna let you hear it for sure. You know what I'm saying? But it's not I'm actually the be- polar opposite. I actually don't really? talk shit. I don't talk shit either. What? It's not my it's, what? I have no need to. My satisfaction well, is when talk, we get right? the dub. My satisfaction when we get the dub. Oh, but you best believe because you, you best can believe talk when we get that dub after the game, oh, yeah. I'll be like, Yeah, get your sorry ass off the court. Yeah. But in the midst of the game, I actually prefer whoever's guarding me to talk shit. Yeah. Because when this blow by happened, I don't want I don't what what happened. You know, like what what that what that noise at? Like, oh, when I when I, I when I toss your shit into the stands, back to your back to your baby mama's up there watching you lose this game. You know, mm. you know what's going on. You know, I am one of those. My face will tell you everything you need to know. Be in your face, man. You suck. You can't shoot. And I knock down Sean B. And I just turn around, and walk off, and then Jeremy will look at me. I look at him, huh, and just keep going. <laughs> All the time. I don't. I'm not a shit talker. Not not during the. I'm not, no, you talking I, about on play, playing playing the game, playing. The oh, game. Yeah. oh yeah, I'm. Like, oh totally, yeah, totally different. Situation. Okay, so also yeah. so console so video games is completely oh, yeah. different than on the court. Okay, one thousand one thousand percent. One thousand percent. I can dig that. You should see us play. You should see us play against Madden against each other. When we oh, used to, I don't even. Oh, oh, last man, we yeah, I don't play Madden so many years. Man. Like Madden is trash these days. That's just my opinion. It hasn't changed. It's it's just trash. But hey, you, we did play you, Madden, you played more was... football than me. So we 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 be sitting there and we going pre-snap. He like, I already know what your sorry ass about to do. That shit ain't gonna work. <laughs> like, hey, hey, I'm telling you. Oh man, this is that connection, bro. That connection I know can be different. And I know just on the opposite side of it, right? People seeing that can be like, bro, these niggas ain't said shit to each other the whole game and they're up by 20, bro. What the fuck are we doing? What are we what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Because like I said, they ain't talk. and and they up by twenty. G he finna score again. Look, 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 wait. He, I'm not even. I'm not even finna look. Cause he finna score again. See, I told you. God damn it, what we finna do? See, and that right there 
shows a different level of camaraderie that can only be built through years and years and years of not only trust, but just knowing each other and knowing how each other is and knowing each other's mannerisms, knowing each other, where each other's going to be, how, how each other is, is thinking. And like I said, bro, I, I think that's dope. You know what I'm saying? I think that's dope. The whole, the whole idea behind gentlemen's talk, the whole idea behind the brotherhood and that you guys have, you know, other extra, like a, like a few other brothers that you guys, you know, have, have, you know, in your tight knit circle. And, you know, like, like I said, that's important, right? That's really important for the foundation because when people say it takes a village, right. To as, 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 as my boy GQ has, has his lovely daughter on his, on his lap, right. It takes a village, right. That's the village that she's going to, that she's going to be around. That's the village that she's going to see, right. She's going to see uncle DJ. She's going to see all the other, all the other uncles and stuff like that on a daily basis. And that's going to show her the type of camaraderie to, to, to take on in, in her life. Uh, yeah, that's my dog. If this is the future CEO of Fuck Around and Find Out Incorporated, whenever <laughs> I step down. Yeah, that's my dog right there, man. She loves my Uncle Michael. <laughs> that's what it's about. Yeah, and you see my thug ready about to fall asleep. So you, she she telling me what time it is without telling me what time it is. <laughs> she say, "Hey, Daddy, you know what time it is." It's about that time. About that time. But, but we're gonna we're gonna wrap this final chapter of the From the Sidelines Chronicles up. <laughs> DJ Michael B, you got anything else you want to leave the people with? Any more hidden gems? Uh, yeah, actually, for those of you that didn't know, yesterday was GQ's birthday. So my final sure happy birthday, my brother. Appreciate you. I well, spent my day birthday, driving around, driving around in Uncle Sam's free vehicle, and then went to little mama had our first dance class yesterday. So that's how I spent my birthday yesterday. Yeah, so, we love it. We love I took it. a couple. Like, I, I took yeah. a couple of shots for you. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is some, um, there's some pretty funny videos that I have to, I'll put that in the crew chat. Y'all see her, uh, she was the life of the party at dance class too. So she's taking after her daddy very well. All right. So I got a few, uh, rapid fire questions for you. Ready? Oh, okay. Yep. Let's All go. Right. Pre- appreciate oh. you, Troy. Favorite Caribbean food. Go. Roti. Okay. Favorite American food. Go. Mm. Black eyed peas. Mm, that's interesting. You never really hear that. You never really hear that. All right. Now this is going to be a Texas-based question. Are you ready? Yeah. You may you may both answer this. McDonald's or Whataburger? Yeah. Whataburger. Whataburger. Yeah. I figured you guys. That's not even that. a question. It's not even a real question. I figured you yeah. guys would say that. I'm not even lie. <laughs> figured you guys would say that. All right. Favorite song to bust a move to. I like mm. the way you move. There you go. There you go. This is how we do it. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. Good one. I'm, 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 I'm liking it. I'm liking the energy. I'm liking the energy. I'm liking the energy. Okay. Favorite soccer team? Manchester United. Okay. Man City. Okay. Most definitely. Most definitely. Fuck Favorite you. wrestler, you past can. and present? Past, uh, Stone Cold. Okay. Past, Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock. Okay. Present. Ooh. Seth Ooh, Rollins. Present, easy. Present, 100% Roman Reigns. Okay. The tribal chief, okay. if you will. Keep All it right. in the family, then. All right. I like it. 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 If you can, if you could pick one song to listen to for 24 hours, any genre, what would it be? Mm, that's easy for me. LL Cool J's Rock the Bells. I knew it. <laughs> um, I would go with, ooh. Let me go with, before I let go, Frankie Beverly and Mays. Ooh, I like it. I like it. A lot. I like it a lot. <clears throat> that's all for me. I'm with it. So we that's a phenomenal way to close out it. 
Y'all some good ass rapid questions. Y'all caught the y'all caught the y'all caught the dynasty episode as well. So y'all know we got it coming up around the corner. So you are going to see some craziness coming down real soon. You will see the dynasty draft live, which means you will also see the from the sidelines round table live because it is gonna be live on Labor Day. Cause ain't none of y'all working. Stop playing. Stop acting like you ain't like stop acting like you working. You know you ain't motherfucking working. All right. I'm a government employee and I'm not working, so y'all ain't fucking working. So make sure y'all tune in. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure y'all keep following us. The TikToks from this beautiful episode will be following quickly. Help us catch Inside the Huddle sooner rather than later. Trying to catch them by the time the season starts. Because by the time football season starts, we're going to have to work a little harder. But, you know, if we can catch them in the preseason, the regular season can get real competitive. I said what I said, but you can also catch myself, Moolage, and OG Mail on Fridays on Inside the Huddle. We might be in competition on TikTok, but on the show, we be vibing. And of course, coming to you live next week, per usual, Gentlemen's Talk doing what Gentlemen's Talk does best, bringing you another insane in the brain type of roundtable discussion. We may or may not have another round of 32 ready for you. You got to tune in and find out. Mr. Moolage, any last words? Um, I just want to say it was great to be up here and kind of get to know uh, my guys, man, uh, DJ Michael B. I know last week that we got to we got a deep dive into GQ, and that was really dope. I was uh, tuned in for that conversation as well. Uh, I wasn't up here interviewing, but I was in the comments, uh, as y'all seen, you are. of course. Uh, but it was really dope uh, getting to know uh, my boy DJ. Uh, and uh, definitely look forward to this, this uh, roundtable. Uh, as my boy GQ said, look out for us on Friday because me, him, and Mel are going to be going up about a few things that we've seen on TikTok and a few things that's going on in the NFL season. Uh, tomorrow, Zamara got her t- her show, Player versus Team, so make sure you look out for that. Um, she's starting to incorporate a lot more football stuff in there because football season's coming up, so make sure you all look out for that. Um, follow all the taglines. Remember what they said. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And uh, we'll see you guys on Friday. Man, man of the hour. Close us out. Well, as you know, I am your boy DJ Micah B. This is Gentlemen's Talk from the Sideline Chronicles. We'll catch y'all next week, and we out.